0: Scott and Liam versus Evil
1: Hello, welcome to Scott and Liam versus Evil, episode eighty two. I'm Liam, that's Scott, and this episode should not be happening. <laughs> Not really. Welcome to Scotland vs. Evil. I'm actually absolutely delighted to be here until Scott ruins it with this pick. Scott, tell everyone what you've picked. Oh, to be sure, to
0: be sure. Top of the monitor, y'all. How are Howdy, Today we've listened. We're, we're talking about one of the best uh, Irish uh, horror horror comedies that's ever been uh, created for your own for toy eyes. And it's called Imbruge, uh, starring Colin Farrell and uh, that other brilliant Irish fella. What's his name? Brendan Gleeson. Oh, what a film. Oh, give me a pint of Guinness. I love it.
1: So that offended all of Ireland <laughs> in Bruges was directed by Martin McDonough. It is not, I repeat, not a horror comedy in anyone else's world apart from Scots. But this is what this episode is about. This is why I'm angry. This is why I'm upset. This is why I've been thinking about punching puppies all day to vent my frustration that someone, my friend, actually thinks this is a horror comedy.
0: It's got a lot of horror elements in it.
1: No so does weekend at Bernie's, but it doesn't make that a horror.
0: Yeah, but so does Hammer horror movies, but people seem to think they're horrors.
1: But they, uh, they ever oh, just because it says horror, <laughs> just because it says horror in the name,
0: because nothing scary no, just, happens
1: in the name either. Ah, oh, can't. I'm going to kill you already.
0: Right, let's just oh. talk about <laughs> Enbridge because I have some points.
1: So Enbridge, and off the top, Enbridge is a fucking fantastic film. If you've not seen it. What is wrong with you, you should be watching it. It is a fantastic black comedy. Colin Farrell is incredible. Blending... Bref, blending? Blending Gleeson is incredible. Ralph Fiennes is incredible. Just, it's a movie you should watch as it, a comedy. It, it, as a crime, kind of, as a drama, as a black comedy, as anything. Uh, it's, in fact, more a fucking musical than it is a horror. But if you've not watched it, go watch it, then come back and listen to this.
0: Was was Ralph Fiennes' name ever Ranulf Fiennes?
1: No, for a while I thought it was Raff, like as yeah, in he like, dropped the L.
0: Yeah. But I, I don't know. Another, has he got a brother? I'm sure it was Ranulf at one point, and then I think you're right about like giving it like Raff or Rafe.
1: If he's got a brother, I highly doubt that. They're both head, like, <laughs> Their mods their just called them the Ralph, exact same Rafe. name minus a letter.
0: <laughs> I think that's a Mandela effect, definitely.
1: Well, fine. Voldemort. Voldemort's in. Yeah. Uh, so, the synopsis is guilt-stricken after a job gone wrong. Hitman Ray and his partner await orders from the ruthless boss in Bruges, Belgium. The last place in the world Ray wants to be. Here's the trailer.
2: What is it you've done, Raymond? Murder, father. Why did you murder someone, Raymond? For money. Who did you murder for money, Raymond? You, father. After I killed them, I walked home to await instructions. Get to Bruges. Bruges, Bruges, Bruges. Where's that? It's in Belgium. For two weeks, in Bruges, in a room like this, uh, with you? No way. Been to the top of the tower. Guidebook says it's a must-see. Well, you ain't going up there. Why? It's all windy stairs, I'm not being funny. What
1: exactly are you trying to say?
2: There are a bunch of elephants. Mr.
1: Blakely? Yes. You have a message?
2: Number one, why aren't you in when
0: I told you to be in? You better be in when I call again, or there will be now to pay up. I'm telling you. He swears a lot, doesn't he?
2: Let's go out. Go out where? The pub. Yes.
0: Harry? I've got an idea. I'm gonna go back to my room, jump into the canal, see if I can escape. If you go outside and round the corner, you can shoot at me from there and try and get me.
1: I'll go outside,
0: then which way, right or left? You go right, don't you? Okay, on account of one, two, three, go. Who says it? Oh, you say it.
1: You guys are crazy.
2: One, two, three, go! Ray! You're about the worst tourist in the whole world. If I'd grown up on a farm and was retarded, Bruges might impress me, but I didn't, so it doesn't.
1: Shame my girlfriend. She's a prostitute. I'm not aware of any prostitutes in Bruges. Just have to look in the right places. Brothels are good.
0: An Uzi. I'm not from South Central Los Angeles. I want a normal gun for a normal person.
2: Maybe that's what hell is. The entire rest of eternity spent in Bruges. back off shorty you don't know karate ah.
0: Th- like this this whole film like this whole film is basically it's about balance uh, good and evil culture and fun heaven and hell it's and it's also about people like your own perception of these things depending on where you are in life and what you've done in life and how you value your own morals and see yourself you know it's and, it, and obviously, the whole thing takes place in this fairy tale town, but it's like a it's like a creepy fairy tale though, like a surreal, creepy dream. There's like a magical feeling that hangs over these European towns, and I, for one, love it. It truly is my fucking thing, and it, it, like it's just it's just seems other, otherworldly, gothic, even like the whole thing.
1: <sighs> yeah, already trying to shoehorn it in. So, IMDb has in Bruges rated as a comedy, crime, drama. <laughs> iTunes has it rated as a comedy. Rotten Tomatoes has it as a comedy drama. Wikipedia, black comedy crime film. Google, drama, crime. Nowhere in the vast ocean of the internet does anyone have this down as a horror.
0: Look, I'm not... Right, okay, I I understand what you're saying. I understand that everybody's anger and frustration is, like, to... up. Yeah. But we'll get to that, all right?
1: Get to it. Right. I heard you shoot Shoe Horror the Goth thing, and I thought, right, <coughs> is this going to be a part of yeah. it? Because it's quite complicated. It's also Gotthard. a horror. Yeah, but Hammer yeah. Horror, it's about. It's about, oh, it's about There's like also, Dracula, Frankenstein. It's about monsters. It's about people being killed. It's. So this, it's what, this movie's about. hands up,
0: hands up. This movie's about people being killed.
1: About people. No, people who are being killed and are hiding away. It's not no, yeah, about. Move, move it's not about people visiting the house and seeing a monster and the monster attacking them as a well, horror depends, movie
0: is. It depends what you depict the monster as because I'd say that um, Ranulph finds is pretty monstrous in this movie.
1: Is Pulp Fiction a horror movie? It's
0: Horror Elements. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Right. Um.
1: <laughs> also, you can't... Horror Elements can't be the new everything exists phrase... <laughs> so you're not allowed to say horror elements anymore in this fucking episode
0: <laughs> oh that's great! Good through my entire notes
1: <laughs> well you better fucking start changing up you better get us thesaurus out and start thinking
0: jeez ah, right can I just say that one thing I've just noticed that the fourth time I've typed in uh, the names it's uh, it's it to co- colon Farrell so if I call him colon then that's why
1: okay do you, know, you, you, you can also like look, look at your notes and then just say the actual name. You don't have to read everything that's written down. Do
0: you know what? If you've not noticed by 82 episodes in, then I'm, <laughs> I'm, honestly, there's something wrong with me. Like, I look at these notes and I need to read them out. Even if I've literally just said what the note is and I've just flicked the page over and it's the note that says what I've just said, I still need to feel like I need to read it out. It's just it's bizarre, honestly. <laughs> uh,
1: right, okay, so in Bruges.
0: Right, this movie it starts and ends with a voiceover. I think it's... Pretty good. I don't really know what that means it doesn't mean it's horror but it starts and ends with a voiceover but ends itself um, so yeah it's all about balance and all about judgment and all about all the rest of it. so it's, we've learned pretty quickly that it's uh, Colin Farrell's character Ray that's, uh, that's in purgatory or a version of it he's waiting to be judged to see if he can be saved and redeemed Ken's no so- no,
1: no no he's what? not in purgatory yes he he's is he's not in purgatory yes, no, yes, he's, exactly not, it is. he's in Bruges He's not that's in purgatory.
0: He even... He's, he says it himself at the end of the film. What if that's what hell is?
1: An entire eternity spent in fucking Bruges? He says what if. It doesn't say that that's actually what's happening.
0: Right, but how many movies are all what if? Loads of purgatory them.
1: Purgatory would be him having to try and make amends atone for his sins. Which he in does this do. film, in, No, In this film, at no point is he trying to atone for his sins. Yes, he is. He's buying lasses and fucking... No, taking Kim and Kate, I mean the midgets. No, he's no, no, not no, no, trying to no, atone no, no. for his sins. If it was purgatory, why would everyone else be involved? There's other people's storylines going on here, so what are they all sharing purgatory with them Yep.
0: Because Ken, that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, because Ken is sort of like the angel on his shoulder, leading him leading him to be saved, and Harry, I guess, is the devil that tries to guide him to hell.
1: No. It's yes. not purgatory. It's not.
0: And then you need to go through this this journey. To get to the other end, to, to come out of purgatory, like at the very start, uh, Ken says, "Can we reserve judgment until we've seen the fucking place?" Now he does say it on Bruges in the in the line, but I've omitted that for sake of making it fit my narrative. Uh, so you <laughs> need to do this this uh, journey before you can have judgment. Right,
1: so it's like
0: purgatory. They're not saying by yeah, the way aye, he no, is dead. Aye, very good. But so in like mother, it was like Adam and Eve and Abel and Cain, but it wasn't actually like that. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, <laughs> what was your point uh, <laughs> the, 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 I, think, I think that movie is because of what happens it's in a world where it, it's in a, a fantasy world that is mirroring mother nature and the kind of mother earth gods type thing in Bruges isn't a fantasy world it's set in Bruges these people are real this stuff is happening to them it's
0: set in a fairy tale town
1: it's not a fairy tale town Bruges is real
0: I I know but it's it's set in a fairy tale town but it's not set in a fairy tale town it's set in Bruges but it feels you know you you go to Bruges and you you know you're awake but you feel like you're in a dream
1: you're just taking lines for the movie
0: right look look (laughs) This, it's, if you never watched a movie where uh, a, a, a storyline is, is happening and there are other people kicking about but they, they don't interact with the main story so you don't really see. These two people, at one point in this movie, they're sitting on a bench and the whole world or the whole town of Bruges is moving on round about them, getting on with their lives but they've got this, this storyline that they're personally dealing with is just moving through. Nobody even else even realises there's, you know... Like guns and murderers kicking about on the streets until the very end, you know. So, this their their story is can be a whole purgatory thing. I know, I know that this movie is real life, right? But the journey that they go on has been interpreted by me, and if you listen, probably by you too, as purgatory. But it's not
1: because. In interpretation cases, you, don't, you don't you don't go to purgatory together so whose who's story is this Colin Farrell's
0: yeah for the for, right, for so, just now but then but then I also have reasons why it's someone else's too
1: so then it goes into somebody else's purgatory so you're switching between purgatory which doesn't it, it wouldn't make sense
0: well here's the thing because since purgatory doesn't actually exist perhaps that when you go to purgatory your memories take the people that you, you knew in, in life or creates uh, Imagine people like uh, hot French woman and midgets. I
1: yeah. believe that this actually happened. I don't believe it's. Yeah. I believe they mention purgatory, and I believe they say that that maybe this is what purgatory is like. Imagine that. I don't believe that they're actually saying. Oh, by the way, wink, wink. They've been dead the whole time in purgatory. I'm
0: not saying it I'm not saying they're definitely in purgatory. I'm just saying that this movie is is that you you could argue that that they're waiting to be they're waiting for judgment. Because it's it's almost like another uh, Irish work of art waiting for Godot. You familiar with it? No. Right, good. Because in that, they are two men waiting for judgment, and it's the exact same as in Bruges. So, okay. I'll
1: put that. I'll put that aside for just now. <laughs> Continue.
0: Okay, Ray and Ken are also the two sides of the balance in this movie, culture and fun, which is a line they actually see later on in the movie. But they are actually the the, the like the human versions of the balance. Of Bruges right. as a town itself, because Bruges is a character in this film.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Right? Uh Right. The fact that Ray is so dismissive of the buildings and the history to begin with allow us to think that he shouldn't be saved because of we find out what he's done. Yeah. Uh
1: uh-huh.
0: And he's like, ah, uh, I, "I hate history. It's all just a bunch of stuff that's already happened." Right. It's funny.
1: Are you all going to do it in your accent?
0: I've, you know, I've, just, I've been practicing them all day, and then seeing them, they come out my mouth. Nothing happens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like fucking thoughts in your head when you actually think about something,
0: nothing fucking happens <laughs> right, uh, so he goes, they, they go, they're go. they walking about town right? and uh, they go sightseeing because, so basically I, everybody should know this, the basic storyline, yeah, they're, they're hiding out in Bruges because their boss has told them to go there because they fucked up a job uh, and they go to Bruges which is basically like a, a sleepy fairy tale town that nothing actually really happens, it's, it's amazing and it looks great and then Quite quickly, you're like, ah, right, now what do I do? Where's the pubs? Where's you know, where's the fun stuff? And that was actually the inspiration from Martin McDonough. He said when he wrote the script because he had, he went to visit there. Just, I think he was doing like a European trip and he ended up there. And he was like, this is brilliant. But then quite quickly, he was like, right, you I'm bored. So he split yeah. it into. Two characters and then put them why would they be there in the first place and stuff and that's why they would said that because they've done something wrong they need to be judged in purgatory so Bruges is purgatory and that's what he said it actually was so he uh, so they're out on on the uh, kicking about Bruges looking at stuff uh, that's what he said to them do, do you think this is good I think what's good this going around the board looking at stuff <laughs> is that good no no
1: right. but keep, keep doing it
0: because okay. it really it backs your point up right <laughs> so they're walking around right and then like Colin Farrell's Ray is not paying attention and he's like "Ah, oh, I hate these buildings oh, they're all, they've all got funny names they're all daft oh what's they're doing over there they're filming midgets and he runs over and this is where he meets uh, Chloe uh, played by uh, Clemens Posey she's in Harry Potter and a bunch of other stuff and she's pretty hot Um, <laughs> she says that they are making a movie which is a nod to the head they don't look now and in Bruges is kind of like that two people running away to a European town to escape the death of a child getting lost in the different architecture and customs that for one seem normal but for another very abnormal indeed okay uh-huh. um, and, and it is as more comedy okay I'm not arguing that at all because some of the lines are brilliant and they're delivered in such a great way it's so deadpan so I mean I don't know if, I'm assuming it's Irish but it's obviously by Irish characters and uh, she's explaining this you know like she's a pastiche no it's not a pastiche it's not an homage it's an order the head to this uh, and describes the director and describes the movie and then Colin Fowler just looks at her like I ah, have no idea what you're talking about uh, a lot of midgets tend to kill themselves and she's like what and then he starts listing all these uh, midgets that killed themselves uh, and he's just not the 2 d man nope he's still going which is obviously not true anymore because Kenny Baker is dead
1: and I have a to Kenny Baker uh, <laughs> Print, which hopefully will be worth money now, even though he referred to me as bleep it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> There is there is actually quite a bit of foreshadowing in this movie. Like, see, once you've seen it, and it's it's not even like uh, obvious foreshadowing. It's just little wee things, I guess. But if you're kind of looking at it slightly critically, then then it's very obvious to see. Like when he's like saying, um, "You go around being called a midget when you want to be called a dwarf." Of course, you're going to blow your head off. No, well, somebody will. Yeah. Yep. So when they come back, so this is so basically what you're just saying there, how he's not atoning for any kind of sins because he is taking coke and banging hookers. But when he's out, he's able to just to get, he's getting on with, like, he's able to kind of mask his feelings when he's out drinking some beers and chatting up hot birds and all the rest of it and then he goes back to the, the hotel and when he's getting ready for bed you can see the guilt starts to be stricken across his face and we start to see that this trip really isn't a holiday the emotional weight on both the characters shoulders is always there inside their head the masterful acting of Farrell and Gleason allows us to see it without it even being said certainly not in the first kind of half of the movie but how
1: then is he a- just because he's feeling guilty doesn't mean he's atoning for his sins. You yeah, can, we'll, can you can murder someone, you can feel we'll, bad about it, but you're not making up for it just by feeling bad. We'll get.
0: No, we'll get there. We'll get it. <laughs> so we the next day <coughs> they're going sightseeing because obviously as right, you
1: were doing purgatory because that's the that's your main concern. It's not to get into heaven; it's to go sightseeing.
0: No, because you're waiting to be judged. And if you listening to me, you'll see where the where they are right now and which is why this kind of continues to make sense. So basically they have decided that they will go sightseeing through the day because Ray has said he's going on a date at night and he doesn't need to wait in for Harry's call because Ken can wait in. So the com- the compromise was that they would go sightseeing through the day. So they're in the church and I missed the name it. it's a kind of Flemish name, so I missed the name it, but apparently this church is probably real, that there is a wee vial of Jesus Christ's blood brought back from the Crusades. And it's dried blood, but at certain times over the years, it's turned back into liquid. And it says, "And what you do is you go up and touch it." So I'm thinking you got to touch it for like redemption, salvation. And obviously, Ray doesn't want to touch it because he doesn't think he deserves saving. And it's like, "Do I have to? Do you have to?" Jesus Christ, fucking blood! Of course you don't fucking have
2: to. Of you don't fucking have
0: to. Is that, better?
1: that that was quite good, but I don't think I don't think he's avoiding touching the blood because he doesn't think he's able to i think he doesn't want to touch the blood because he's so fucking pissed off with bruise he's so pissed off with all that he's like why the fuck would i want to go up and touch in some dry blood that sounds daft no i want to go to the pub i want to go do something else i don't think it's anything to do with him thinking oh i am not ready or uh I, like i i won't be allowed to touch Jesus' blood he
0: doesn't want to touch the blood, he wants to go and do something else, anything else, go to the pub, whatever, to take his mind off the fact that all he can think about is that wee boy's face that he killed. So he doesn't want to touch the blood because he doesn't feel he's deserving of anything religious because he has done something so bad and he's that judgment he is not he he almost wants to avoid it at this point, the judgment because he knows he's going to hell. So he's trying to avoid it. So he goes outside. And you know what? This next scene, right? He sits next to this man and his dog, and I always thought the dog that looks at him was a puppet because it conveyed so much emotion. Then I got a dog. But actually, when (laughs) I watched that again today, I think it still actually might be a puppet.
1: I think it's a real dog, but it's such a fucking weird, creepy-looking dog.
0: And Just the way that it kind of looks around at him. That's
1: probably the only fucking horror element in this movie. The dog being terrifying.
0: (laughs) Well, the... Next coming up, we get the scene where it flashes back to him shooting the priest. Now, this is apparently his first job, and it's quite, quite like brutal in terms of murdering someone. It's quite brutal, you know, like he sets him up with doing the confession and all the rest of it, and then uh, he shoots him in the hips. That's, I mean, I don't understand why he doesn't just shoot him in the head, but he shoots him in the hips, and then follows him through at the door, and then he shoots him in the back like several times different places in the back not just shooting five times in the back he moves the gun around all over his body again a bit of foreshadowing uh but the gun is loud and harsh and it just it just seems quite brutal you know with the the straight through bullets and all the rest of it it's it's quite it's very violent very graphic
1: but i think it has to be see because so much of the movie is as you keep calling it a fairy tale town it's it's dreamy, it's just dialogue I think it needs those high impact violent bits to keep you interested the dialogue's fucking amazing and it's worth watching the movie for that alone but to some movie that the violent outbursts and something a wee bit different just hooks you in even more so I think that's just for the sake of the movie
0: and it's it's quite horrific when uh, when it happens, I was horrified when he um, gets shot um,
1: <laughs> for you, actually, were you horrified, Scott? You were definitely horrified. Yeah.
0: <laughs> a look of horror was stricken across my face. Uh, although, see, to be perfectly honest, though, even when he kills the. So, he, one of the bullets goes straight through and shoots the wee boy in the head and then he finds him afterwards. Uh, and so, to be perfectly honest, I know it's really bad and sad, but he probably saved that wee boy from getting bummed after that priest, so. You know, <laughs> so there's a silver lining isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so,. Um, So basically that is when, uh, the next one, they're they're now going to some uh, art galleries. The pictures in the art gallery are very horror. I mean, that image of the man being skinned alive, and Ray looks at it, it feels as if he should be in his position.
1: Right, so Little House in the Prairie, they decide to travel back in time, or whatever they do, and they show you Dante's Inferno. Does that make Little House in the Prairie a horror? Um, Just because they've showed you a, a picture that's horrible.
0: I watched an episode of Little House on the Prairie one time, and the last one went blind in the lake when she was naked in front of another boy, and I was like, "That's pretty horrific."
1: That's probably more horrific than in Bruges. <laughs> so, yeah, I was probably more of a horror than, than in Bruges, but I would never refer to Little House on the Prairie as a horror.
0: That that whole time when they were trying to explore the the west, the untamed west, that was a horrific time for everybody involved.
1: I know, but again, you can't you can't <laughs> call it a, you can't call it a horror. <laughs> Just because horrific things happen in the movies or in times doesn't then make movies about them a horror. Horrible things happen in loads of movies. Ace Ventura, rolls his car—it's horrific. No, but no, no, it. nothing it's horrific. It's not a horror. Happens.
0: Nothing horrific happens there. How?
1: Ace Ventura that? Two. Ace
0: Ventura
1: Two. Get
0: chased down by a tribe. Yeah but, it's, yeah, but it's not the tone. It's always good. Whereas, like, I will, I will admit, there's plenty of movies out there that have horror elements in them, and I'll say that that's you know, that puts them in a in a wider scope. This is this is one of them,
1: certainly. It, but it, it's not. It has horror. I, I can't say <laughs> horror elements again. It has dark things, but the tone of it is darkly like comedic. It's a black comedy. It's crime. It's a thrill. I, I don't. To us, I don't really agree that it's a drama. No stuff. of stuff. is dark, but the whole way through, you're chuckling at the dialogue. You're chuckling at what's happening, despite being horrible. You, at no point are you scared. At no point is this trying to terrify you or have you covering your eyes, going, "What? Oh, I can't watch this." That's kind of what the majority of horror is. It no horror in this movie. This movie doesn't mess with your psyche. You don't leave this movie going, well, oh, fuck, that'll make you think I'll need to never go and shoot a It makes
0: it, it makes me um, like the 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 dark gothic feel to it, the the kind of otherworldly fairy tale Brothers Grimm side to it, the 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 sad theme tune, the minor key theme tune that runs through the whole thing. That's hopefully running underneath this entire episode right now for you all to hear and feel like melancholy. about the whole thing <laughs> that. Um, it, it all just adds up to be all different horror elements.
1: Since we're talking about comedy, I'm going to put the Benny Hill theme to them <laughs> the whole way through this episode, so fucking suck on that one.
0: <laughs> anyway, the, the, the picture of the man being skinned is called The Judgment of uh, Cambyses by Gerard David, painted in 1498.
1: Did you and know I that did. off the top
0: of your head, Scott? Yeah, Aye. of course not, I did, <laughs> I uh, It was first mentioned in the Bruges archives as the Last Judgment, that's what it was called. And it was uh, used by the town uh, burghers to encourage honesty Among magistrates and as a symbolic Public apology for the imprisonment of Maximilian I In Bruges in 1488 It's uh, I mean it's, it's Judgment and it? It's pain for your sins uh-huh. Okay. And then they look at the next picture Which is uh, The Last Judgment by Hieronymus Bosch circa 1486 However they don't know if it was definitely him That painted it or just somewhere in his workshop Because the quality was quite poor um, this is the one that Ray looks at and says, I quite like this one. The rest are all rubbish and done by spastics, but this one's quite good.
1: <laughs> your accent's getting better. <laughs>
0: the uh, only
1: thing I can take from this full episode happening is that your accent's getting
2: better.
0: So this this picture depicts Jesus returning to pass judgment on humanity with the Garden of Eden to the left and hell being ran by man-eating demons to the right, which is kind of what Ray's going through in a, in a human level. Not in an actual, this is actually what's happening level, but in a in a turmoil level. That's what Ray's going through. And he said, that now they actually discuss the main theme of the movie, purgatory, judged for the crimes committed on Earth. That's the in-betweeny one. You weren't really shit, but you weren't all that great either. And Ray tries to explain the guilt he's been feeling by asking Ken if he believes in heaven and hell. And straight away, Ken can't give him an answer. But in the next scene, that's when they have the discussion of morality, and that's when the whole discussion about how... Um, I try to live a good life, but I also know that, you know, I kill people for money, and then the only time I've actually felt bad about killing somebody was, um, I forget the cat the name they the, 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 the give the person, but his brother. And that's when the other thing about is, oh, he just he came at me with a bottle, and I just act uh, as self-defense. And he's like, I oh, know, but you know, he could have known as he says. Yeah, but he might have known karate. I thought he was a lollipop man. He was a lollipop man. Well, how old was he? At 50. What the hell a 50-year-old lollipop man known fucking karate? <laughs> and it's um. So yeah, so it tried to say then it's all right. You can punch somebody out if they've got a bottle or if they know karate. But other than that, don't kill them. Or, or you'll get judged and go to hell.
1: But that's not a a real religious thing. Obviously, you're not meant to punch people out. You're the fact that they're discussing this as hitmen discussing heaven and hell, and whether they believe it or like they think. by living the life they're living could they get into heaven or, or not that's part of the, the comedy of it because fucking of course they wouldn't get into heaven if it was real for what they're doing it doesn't show that it is purgatory the way that I think you're trying to swing it if that makes sense
0: the, the way that they're talking about it that at this point in the movie you've already seen that Colin Farrell is that Ray is plagued with guilt for what he's done he's trying to mask it he's trying to go on with life and just you know deal with it but every single spare minute he's got, that thought goes straight back to that wee boy. And he's trying to say, like, you know, what what should I do? What, How I need judged, I need to be told what to do. Is there any way back for me in this? And that's when they had the discussion where Ken tries to say, well, sometimes you end up doing stuff that you don't mean. Like, I didn't mean to kill that boy's brother, the lollipop man, but it happened because he came at me. He says, I know he was just protecting his brother, but, you know, and the rest of it. So it's like trying to say, like... like Things happen, and you don't need to feel guilty for it. But it's also not right at the same time, you know, kind of. Because at this point, we're still Ken, still on Ray's side. Ken, still kind of the angel, saying that uh, you know we're we're just in bruise until it's ready to go home. That's what we're aiming for. Even though that, even if Ken, somewhere in his head, knows what's coming because he just knows the job he's in and he knows what Harry's like. That he knows that's why they're there. He's not admitted to himself yet until he's physically told, which isn't a scene coming up. Yeah, and my, my, my another note there is uh, murder and guilt, real life horrors. Murder yeah? and guilt are real life horrors. Yes, murder and guilt
1: happens in a lot
0: of movies that aren't horror. Uh, so at this point we get the whole dinner scene when they go to dinner and uh, they blow cigarette smoke over on the the this couple's face next to them. That's just a fantastic scene. Maybe
1: so brings up Vietnam,
0: to the Canadians. Yeah. Aye, in there with the Vietnamese. <laughs> you used to say, you know, aye, that's
1: a The Vietnamese.
0: <clears throat> That's for John Lennon, a Yankee fucking cunt. Um, it's just I, the whole the whole bits, um, the whole bits, just fantastic. I mean, I don't even know what else to say about it. This part's not horror. This part is actually quite
1: funny. <laughs> no part of it is fucking horror. Mm. <laughs> the mo- the movie is built. The dialogue's amazing. Everything that happens in the movie is incredible. The, the The issue that I have, and the issue that everyone else has, is that this, in no way, shape, or form. Can be categorized as a horror film.
2: Hmm.
1: We so get go right. through the movie right. and laugh and make talking okay, do Irish accents, uh, what's said and go, Do you know what? Ambrose Bruce is an excellent film, but there's nothing, nothing you can say, and I know you'll keep trying and saying horror elements that make <laughs> this a horror film.
0: It's got more horror elements in it than Mother does or Ghost Story does.
1: No no it's not. Yeah, it does. Ghost, ghost story can be argued that that's not a horror. Yeah, a million percent, I get that. But ghost story is a hard movie to categorise in itself. Inbruge is not inbruge is a fucking black it's, comedy. It, it, it spans genres. Ten times out of ten. it spans genres. It spans the crime genre. It spans <laughs> black comedy. It spans drama. It spans thriller. It doesn't go into horror territory. At no point is this try to scare you or fucking send the heebie-jeebies up you eh? um Muller has scenes at the end when everyone's trying to get in that house or that is fucking unsettling that is whoa, what is going on here that is violent that is aggressive that that sends shivers up your spine and Bruce doesn't do well down. would
0: you would you say um Henry Port of a, Portrait of a Serial Killer is a
1: horror I would yes <laughs> oh would you
0: because guys kill people all the time
1: guys do kill people all the time but it's you're seeing into the the dark psyche of a serial killer it's it's kind of getting under your skin you're seeing it from a a real point of view in Bruce as well it's meant to be real but at the same time there's a lot of things happening here that what are the chances you're going to give ketamine to a midget on a film set it's not really, there's still some fantastical elements. I'm, sure, I'm I...
0: sure actors take drugs all the time.
1: It's not To me, it's not scary giving Kevin to a midget and watching what happens. To me, following a serial killer around and finding out what's going on in his head and how he acts, and then comparing that to life, I think that's way scarier than what's going on in Bruges.
0: We're watching two hitmen go around about doing what they do, and they kill people with no emotion either, so... In fact, probably but less pushing than, than a serial
1: killer does. I'm not. Inv- I'm invested in these guys. I'm not invested in who they're killing. So because it's these two funny guys talking about it, I I, I couldn't care less who they kill. If it was following the the little boy that gets shot and followed him around in his day until Colin Farrell shot him, yeah, that's a horror movie because that's fucking awful. Henry a serial killer, the the character that you're getting to know is is, is the killer. And that's where it then gets under your skin because you're thinking Do I agree with him in some things. Am I totally against this? Am I like you're finding out different things about yourself while following him? You're invested in him. And this you're invested in Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleason and you're invested in their comedic dialogue and you're invested in the funny situation that they're getting themselves in, albeit dark, but you're not you're not getting scared by it, you're not feeling unsettled, you're not feeling you're not really even feeling tense for them until the end where a, a wee bit of tension amps up but again it's not horror tension it's thriller tension hmm. okay. Suck on
2: that one
0: <laughs> Okay <laughs> so the next this is when we get the phone call from Harry when Ken actually gets to speak to him and I think uh, Ralph finds based his character of Harry on David Bowie believe it or not How come? Well, I was listening to uh, the Christmas song that he'd done, was it with Frank Sinatra? Uh,
1: the Bing Crosby one? Oh, was it Bing
0: Crosby, sorry. Yeah, the little yeah. drummer boy. And yeah. the version I listened to, there was a whole big chat at the very start. I don't know if you've ever heard that before.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, it was, he and
1: it, he's, he's at the front door.
0: Yeah. And he's just, uh, and they're just talking shite. Uh, but there's a, there's like, just when he was the way he was talking, and it was during really about the same time as I was watching him, for uh, taking my notes and stuff. And he's like, Percival lets me use his piano when he's not around. He's not around, is he? And I was like, just the way that he... The delivery of the way he structured his sentence, I thought that sounds very much like uh, the way that, that he, pre- he pre- portrays his Harry. Obviously, Harry was fucking mental and he goes a bit off the rails and he swears all the time. But just in the delivery, maybe it's just a complete like London delivery and that's just how they all talk, but um, it just sounded yeah. like the way that David Bowie was talking at the start of that, I thought that sounds exactly the same as how the character of Harry
1: talks. I think it is just the accent. However, your David Bowie accent there was on point. Was, <laughs> you, you got a point for that? Yeah,
0: yes. Well <laughs> done, so, one point. <laughs> so the the phone call is the judgment. Or one one of the judgments coming from the... Actually, that wasn't the judgment because I think this is when Ken decides that... Yeah, so this is the judgment. Yeah, so the two the two... The angel and the demon are trying to decide what should happen. Then the demon decides that um, the judgement is that Ray should die uh, and then the angel decides actually no I see some good still in him he can he can come back for this so he decides to keep fighting for his soul
1: But then how it's not really been a judgement because the, the concept of the movie is that they've been sent there just to give Colin Farrell or give Ray some time to enjoy himself because Voldemort remembers this place being magical and he likes Ray, and he wants to give him a good send-off. So he's been sent there with the the kind of story that he is going to be killed. That's why he's there. So yeah. I don't see where the judgment thing comes in because he's not—he's not there waiting to be judged. He was sent there to like right, enjoy yourself. Then you're going to die.
0: Yeah, but that's only fr- that's only from Ray, whereas uh, from from Harry, whereas Ken still, like I said, I think Ken knows that that's. Essentially, what Harry's going to say to him, but he doesn't believe it until it's said, and then at that point he makes a decision that actually, you know what, he doesn't need to die because this is. So then, because of this, this is they're still split up at this point um, because uh, Ray is away on his date. Uh, after he's punched up the, the the restaurant, they go back to Chloe's house and um, they start kind of trying to bang. And this is when the the skinhead comes in, puts a gun to it, said, "Don't fuck another man's girlfriend, you asshole." He's like, I didn't fuck her anyway. I only put my hand on it. You can ask her. <laughs> uh, and then there's a whole brilliant scene where uh, he takes a gun off him and then shoots a blank in his eye and blinds him. And then he's left in the house alone because Chloe has to go to the hospital. Um, but this next next scene, it's almost ridiculous how fast he finds the drugs. I mean, I know he's not actually looking for them, uh, so he just stumbles across them, but it, it almost seems a tad silly that the first thing he does is, oh,
1: there's some drugs. Uh, drug users hide things in the most obvious places all the time <laughs> it, would, it would actually be really easy to find the drugs so uh, I can believe that you just found them in that because obviously that wee ornament sitting there there's definitely something in it and she's a drug she's a dog dealer so
0: I suppose that. that's like that's the only that's like one of only two criticisms I've got of this whole movie Um, now after that we move to Ray meets Ken at the bar uh, Ken's obviously-
1: before before you go take it back to the, the judging thing just mm-hmm. quickly, see if he's being judged by the the demon or the angel and this is purgatory. surely the only person that gets to judge if it was purgatory, and if purgatory was a real thing in Catholicism, the only person he can be judged by is God so there would be one entity to judge him, the demon and the angel wouldn't but wouldn't be having a say so it would be one guy would go no he's he's in or he's out so uh, the fact that they two are one of them wants to kill him one doesn't and then there's a whole kind of debacle about it doesn't mean it's purgatory it means that there's one hitman that wants to kill him one hitman that's his friend and that's it if, well if it's going to be purgatory then it's it's god that judges them
0: yeah why don't we f- why don't we flip reverse it then and say that god doesn't exist because he doesn't so then you've got your... So
1: then You've
0: burglary. got Right, right. We're taking elements, okay? You've got... so swear if you say elements <laughs> one
1: more <laughs> time, <laughs> I'm going to come to your house and I'm going <laughs> to beat you with my own dick. You've right got, the
0: heat. You've got your balance, okay? You've got your good and evil. So Ken's your good and Harry's your evil. And it's they're both like, paying for like the, the either redemption or destruction of, of Ray. Now, who decides which path he takes? Well, Ray's the only person that can decide what path he takes. So you could almost uh, argue that there is um, a metaphor for Ray's depression because he's clearly, like, guilt-ridden and, like, suicidal because of what he's done. So you could argue that it's in there, like, like... he is he is sitting on on a fence on the edge of a cliff, not entirely sure whether to jump off or come you know come back onto safe land. And Ken's trying to bring him back, and Harry's trying to push him off, and that's your balance, and that's your judgment, and that's your purgatory.
1: See if you open up a dictionary to the word fan, Dan, do you Think it's just a big picture of you and all the fucking spiel. You just, just cannot. You, you can't
0: believe how much sense that I'm putting to, to like the points I've got to argue this this case here. I can't
1: because there's no fucking sense in it the movie's not a horror there's nothing horror
0: about it just a few elements (laughs) (laughs)
1: there's
0: a lot more comedic elements to it I I admit and there's a lot more gothic elements to it I admit and there's a lot more Grimm's Brothers Fairy Tale elements to it I admit but there are horror elements
1: there's no Grimm's Brothers Fairy Tale element to it apart from the the fact that you say the music's a wee bit dreamlike that's and the fact that Voldemort says it's a fairy tale place a few times, there's nothing else really fairy tale about it. Fairy tale to me would be kinda magical creatures.
0: Have you ever uh the swans were there?
1: S- you get swans down Strathclyde Park, Scott, doesn't it make you... Strathclyde Park a fucking fairy tale?
0: Have you ever been to Bruges? I have not. Well see I have, so I've got first hand experience of this fairy tale town. <laughs> So,
1: all right. Have you ever have you ever finished a fucking horror movie? Probably not. <laughs> I have. So I have experience in what is a what is a horror movie and what is not. And Andrew's is not a horror
0: movie. <laughs> anyway, in, in the bar they see that Jimmy the dwarf from the movie is sitting with uh, a prostitute, and they go over and uh, Ray offers them some cocaine. There's a kind of funny back and forth and the rest of it. But they end up going to a hotel room and they pick up another hooker on the way. And uh, the song that plays when they when they're doing drugs with the hookers, it's the Walkman Brandy Alexander, and it's I fucking love that song for this movie. Like I've like I bought it like as soon as I found it and listened to it. It's one of the songs that when it comes on my iPod, I, I never skip it. It's a brilliant. Me song.
1: Is it Good Morning? you think, oh, that's a Halloween song. <laughs> no, exactly.
0: No. <laughs> uh, but well, they're in the hotel room. They have this whole racist chat about the war between the whites and the blacks, and. That's still a conversation on balance. And uh, the fact that Jimmy has been truly racist and wrong is that life is not straightforward black and white balance. It's a merged and mixed and morality is more of a gray area depending on your personal views. So, I mean, obviously killing kids is always wrong, but do you know what I mean? Some people can justify like some of the actions they take and the you know, the decisions they make and the, the course of action that they put in place and stuff like that and say that that's, what they've done is fine. Um, and other people are be like would be horrified and be racked with guilt. You know, maybe like a maybe like a salesman who sells cars that aren't one hundred percent up to scratch or selling it to people for more money than they know they're worth, they could be like that's fine, I'm making my money. Whereas someone else would be like, oh, I couldn't do that job because I couldn't live with the guilt of fleecing people like that. You know? Does that make sense?
1: It does. But Jimmy also says that that whole spiel about hell or skeleton on um, the uh, black versus white war was the cocaine just the cocaine you know what people are like on cocaine yeah but so, that's do
0: people just make excuses <clears throat> once they've been called out for being racists
1: I think you're going in too deep I and T- could you want listen to
2: line.
1: me but but I don't think this movie you need to go deep I get that aye, it could symbolise a bit of purgatory but that's it I don't think there's a, a much deeper in it
0: but Jimmy, I'm not talking
1: it, Jimmy, talking about the, the, the black and white war is in it solely for comedy reasons, solely because it's funny to hear a dwarf on cocaine talking about how there's going to be a race war and the, the black midgets will fight the white midgets. I'm saying that because that's a quote, not because I think they're called midgets. Uh, and they don't want the Vietnamese, uh, so the, the black race will also have the Vietnamese that's just there for pure pure comedy reasons but then why? because also, this movie is a comedy
0: but then it also goes into a very darkly horrific story where Ken's wife was murdered his black wife was murdered by a white woman mm-hmm. so it's also pretty somber and at the same time horrific mm. the uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah wait two, wait two seconds to open this door start the cat in two seconds sorry
0: this movie is a straight up horror movie. Liam is not right. <laughs>
2: I'm
0: telling you. It's just. Go to Bruges. Everybody, go to Bruges and you'll see. Fucking terrifying. But brilliant at the same time. Sorry, just keep yeah. going. Yeah, so the soundtrack to this movie is a masterpiece. It's so darkly gothic and encapsulating. J- I just love going to European cities and walking around feeling like I'm in a gothic dark fairy tale. Okay. Right? Uh, so, Ray decides that he's going to kill himself, right? Because the guilt is so overwhelming. It's enough for Ken to decide that he doesn't need to die, as per Harry's orders. The fact that the guilt has consumed him shows Ken that Ray is punished enough for killing the kid and that's like his kind of redemption. That there is other ways, like you, you made a mistake, obviously it's a horrific mistake and you should pay, pay for it, but in the world that they live in, Ken's first instinct is obviously not to go home and go to the police because he knows if he goes back to England he'll get killed because he'll be found by someday before the police can find him so he sends him on his way into mainland Europe but knowing that the the guilt that he's feeling that if he just lives through it that's enough punishment and he deserves like a second chance uh-huh. uh, Ken's also got his own personal judgments to work through because he brought Ray into the fold so by, the, by that fact he's responsible for the child's death technically and so he'll also feel the guilt and he probably had some idea of Harry's plan when it was put to him like uh, that he was met with a choice a judgement to kill Ray or save him so by choosing to save him he effectively ends his own life he had to make that judgement call uh-huh.
2: mm-hmm.
0: right so at yeah. this point right so this <laughs> point is I think uh, at this point um, Ray uh, Harry has been told by Ken that Ray is off on a train somewhere so Ken uh, Harry goes to Bruges to deal with it like man to man and and uh, they have the back and forth chats because uh, Harry goes to get guns, and from the from Yuri, who's a, another kind of strange character. But this is that's probably where the second criticism I've got for the movie. I don't know if it ages well, and it's the homophobic language. Now, obviously, it's not used to like insult someone who is homosexual, but it's they the use of the word like "poof" and "gay" and "gay boy" to describe things that are less than "quote unquote" normal. Um, yeah, that's not that doesn't really fly as much into Disney. Shouldn't have flew in two thousand nine. When this come out? Yeah, it shouldn't have flown there. Two thousand eight. But the characters themselves may still use that language even in two thousand eighteen. So not not necessarily agreeing at all with the use of the language, but it may be still used by those types of characters I, these days. If, who, if, you,
1: if you were Hitmen or Gunrunners straight man and gun runners. then you probably would still use that language now but yeah i hear what you're saying
0: yeah um so you get this whole kind of part of the bottom where you've technically you've got kind of three scenes playing out all at the same time so you've got from uh ray's point of view sitting at the bottom at one of the wee cafes with chloe because he's been bailed out of jail and the two of them are sitting having a romantic like wee beer uh, I was going to call it a gay beer there because they call it gay beers in the movie like I've just said I wouldn't use that language but it's, it's literally a direct quote from from the movie so they're sitting at the uh, and it just means a wee European beer and a fancy fancy goblet rather than like a pint that you get back here if Andy hasn't seen the movie and they're still listening to this um, if you've seen
1: the poster it's the fancy tulip glass that's in the poster
0: yeah um, so the, uh, so they're sitting at the bottom of the, the, the bell tower just having a wee, uh, a wee gay beer and having a wee kiss and a smooch and all that and do you know that's actually that's me and Stephen actually sat at that same cafe when we were in Bruges right at the bottom of the tower having a wee smooch and <laughs>
1: yeah. gay beer yeah.
0: um,
1: Stephen's at Stephen's Scots bra yeah.
0: so that's obviously <laughs> we're having a smooch but uh, so yeah it plays out three scenes so you've got Ray's point of view then you've got Harry's point of view and obviously to begin with he is going into the tower with um, with Ken and they're going up to the top of the tower I think they're just going for the shootout up yeah oh because there's less people that's right so yeah. way up up they go and then you also go get Ken's point of view and again at this time it's still at the same place as Harry so it's almost like the same scene but it has two points of view They go up to the top and Ken explains why he let Ray Go. And I think Harry kinda Yeah, Harry Harry listens to him and almost ag- agrees with him and comes on to his side of the balance. But he still does shoot Ken because, you know, you can't get away with it. But I've just I'll just wound you and then he's helping him out the uh, the bell tower now That that's going to be the end of the the uh, the story. But the bald skinhead sees him at the bottom sees Ray at the bottom of the tower and comes in and shouts up and grasses him in. Um and this is where they split up. So Harry runs down the stairs. No, tell like they have a, a scuffle because then Harry thinks that Ken has lied to him, that he's not put him on the, the train, so then goes to shoot him and shoots him in the neck and it's a brutal, violent explosion of neck blood. And uh, then they split up. Harry goes down the stairs and Ray th- and Ken thinks, fuck, I better go up the stairs. I don't know if, how quickly he has his idea, but the way he goes up the stairs. Um... So you've got, this is, I mean, you get Ken standing at the top of the tower and it cuts to Harry still running down and it cuts to Ray outside oblivious that his friend's dying and Ken's at the top and he is fixing his collar, you know, making himself look as presentable as possible because he's he knows what's happening here and you get this really old Irish song playing over the top on Raglan Road and it's a brilliant song. Um, I always feel weird listening to like, some songs just growing up in Scotland and not really having any knowledge whatsoever, but knowing that there are people out there who either love Irish songs or hate them, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. So I'm always thinking, is this is that one of the songs that I could listen to in the car and people wouldn't say, "Oh, he's listening to, you know, a rebel song," I, or is this just like a, you know?
1: I think that that is actually a, a fucking horrible commentary commentary on the west of Scotland because yeah. people do just hear Irish songs and instantly think, "Oh, that's rebel tunes," yeah, or that's. Kind of the like other side and, and that that's kind of shocking because there's some fucking cracking Irish songs out there yeah. like Seven Drunken Nights by the Dubliners or whoever did the original is a fucking cracking tune and it should be blared out of everyone's car because my mum used to blare it out of her car and veer side to side along the road we <laughs> lived in a small village it was allowed, frowned upon now children would die but I fucking love Irish tunes man but that is a very good commentary in the west of Scotland and how yeah. terrible
0: we are. Yeah, it is absolutely terrible. <laughs>
2: um,
0: so yeah, so this, this kind of haunting, this song is playing over the top when um, and, and, and Ken's at the top and he puts his gun in his pocket, fixes his collar and throws coins over the edge and I'm assuming this is to make people at the bottom move out the way and it's all misty and you can't really see it because it's like this gothic fog hanging over this bell tower or this creepy big gothic horrible horrific bell tower and... Uh, he jumps off. <laughs> he jumps off the uh, creepy, horrible horror gothic bell tower, and he lands on the ground <laughs> because he thinks this is the this is the first this is the fastest way um, to get to to get to Ray to help him because he knows like he's got if he just doesn't do anything, Eyes would run out and just shoot him right there in the, in the courtyard. He jumps off, and his body explodes on the ground. Yeah, and that is is brutal, absolutely brutal. Yeah, it's horrific. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
1: see, I don't know why I'm seeing you over Christmas, but soon I do. I'll punch you right in the throat because you deserve it. And
0: that'll You're be winding me up <laughs> <laughs> no, but it. See that whole scene, right? So when, when Ray realizes it's it's kind runs over him, that whole dying scene is masterful. Like he is, he's fucking spaced out. He's out the game. He doesn't. I mean, he's realistically, I don't even know if he would survive as long as he did in this movie, but. He kind of tries to give him Ray's gun, and it's all fucked up and spangled. And I think he's, his leg's are off, I think. His arm's are all busted open. And uh, he's able to tell him that Harry's here. And then uh, Ray tries to ask him where his gun is, because he, he had the wee gun that he stole from the skinhead that he put live bullets in it. Uh, and then Ken's just like, I'm going to die now. I thought, that's just... it's just... Like... Sc- that is scary. Like, no, I'm not Insane. saying it's a horror element, but it's it's that death like that is just scary. When you know, it's like there's muscles in his face and he's there's emotion and pain, and then it just ugh, gone, and that's it. And there is no judgment, and there is no judgment because there is no heaven and hell. There's no religion. It's all bullshit. It's just black, and that is also what the film's about. So that is the scariest thing of all.
1: What? The- there's life and death and there's no judgment that's that's the scary thing
0: well that's one of the scary things there's another horror element you can add to the pile
1: (sighs) my god man see I'm going to go back when I'm editing this and I'm going to write I'm going to just put a wee notch in a notepad every single time you say horror horrific or horror element and for every time I'm going to punch you (laughs) and every five times the punch is going to get harder and that's how I'm going to spend Christmas with you. All right, okay. And you, you, well deserved. And I don't think there'll be MD in the group or anyone at all listening. Or would think that was that was too aggressive or, or in the wrong. There might. will there be. Me, there'll be. There'll be Discuss
0: somebody. Me. There'll be somebody that agrees with me. Somebody will remain on Team Scott after this episode.
1: No, they won't. <laughs> they. They will not. We'll see. <laughs>
0: If you are listening to this episode right now and you are in the Facebook group or follow us on Twitter, then just hashtag Team Scott. Just let me know that you're there. That's all. Just let me know.
1: If you are in the Facebook group or on Twitter and you think Scott is talking a load of absolute fucking nonsense, then just hashtag Kill Scott. (laughs) If we get enough hashtags to kill Scott, we will all club together and lynch him.
0: Amazing. That leads me on to my next note. Harry runs down and uh, sees... Ray and Ken on the ground and then Ray realises straight away fuck like this is the most horrifying thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life so he uh, he gets a big fright he gets the biggest fright he's ever had and he's so scared and he runs and he runs away and can you actually think of anything more terrifying or horrifying than running for your actual life? horror movie.
1: yeah being in a fucking podcast with you (laughs)
0: I tell you, this is this is an actual reason why we should uh, always like we should go to the gym. Because you should also be fit and healthy in case like a gunman ever chases you. Because yeah. like they'd literally catch me straight away. And I know bullets go faster than you can ever run, but you know you get around corners and stuff.
1: I don't I don't think that's gonna make me want to go to a gym. I'm probably just it's probably make me want to never associate with people that might want to shoot me.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: <laughs> Rather than actually get half and doing. But- yeah. I see. I see your
0: point. Yeah. For once. Um, so they they go for a big run through the streets of Bruges and they make it back to the hotel where his gun is in, in the cupboard in the drawer, and uh, they have a kind of a funny back and forth to the top stairs to the downstairs where the what what, what what kind of back
1: and forth is it? Is it, is it a, a horrific
0: back and forth? It's a, it's a darkly comic, and it, the actual the reality of it is so ridiculous that it is horrific that these two characters could act in such a way.
1: No, sorry,
0: the, the word you used was funny. Yeah. Well, they do have, uh, they do have this kind of back and forth when uh, they won't shoot, well, Harry won't shoot the um, pregnant, or won't shoot through or won't shoot well the pregnant woman who owns the hotel is there because he has his principles and you can't kill a kid and get away with it. And that is why he's determined to kill Ray in the first place because you kill a kid, you kill yourself. That's Harry's rules. Um, So they, they, they come up with this plan that Ray will jump out the window. He managed to jump on a floating boat that's been past. and uh, Harry's got filled his gun up with these like high-velocity, like head-exploding bullets that he got off that weird Yuri guy. Now, this is where it's it is horrible when you get shot like a straight. To, you imagine getting shot straight through your stomach and out your back.
1: I don't know how it feels. So I've never been shot. Right, exactly. It would, it would feel horrible. Grim. That, yeah, grim. Yeah, grim. It would be. Yeah. Um, fairy tales I can fucking hear your mind working I can, I, when I said Grimm I can literally hear your head clicking <laughs> out of place going oh now I can see Grimm's fairy tales because he said the word Grimm you're a transparent bitch
0: <laughs> so he manages to get off the boat and, and kind of stagger around to he makes his way to the film set Um, but he's so he's so spaced out from being shot it's like a nightmare he's walking through. It's like a folk horror movie ending, you know? And everybody's just watching him. They're all wearing weird masks, like, uh, from The Wicker Man, you know, something like that. The snow is gently falling while the, this mist hangs over the gothic scenario that they're walking through. And it just seems like everybody's just walking, just standing watching him. Like, nobody's doing anything. They're just all staring at him. They're just silently judging him. And it's like, he's just walking through that, being lost and alone. Not one person's helping him. And then Jimmy, dressed as a schoolboy, giving Ray that image and ultimate redemption in his eyes because he looks at him. He doesn't realize it's Jimmy. He just looks at him and goes, "Oh, it's the little boy." And he thinks that's like him saying, like that's him feeling like, right, the little boy's forgiven me for shooting him." Um, and this is. But, uh, but how how how
1: how does he how does he think that? Where, where does it say that? Or where does it, it doesn't. It but
0: it's it's in Colin Farrell's masterful acting that you just see in his face that just even seeing. This image of a wee boy just makes him think that the wee boy's living again, because he's dressed like a wee schoolboy, and that's like almost the same as the wee boy he was dressed with his wee shorts and his wee blazer on. And he just looks at him and thinks, "Oh, the little boy." It puts a smile on his face to say, "Like, you know, there is there is still life, or there is more wee boys, or this one is this is the ghost of the wee boy, like the, the horror the horror horrific ghost of the <laughs> wee boy is uh, is telling me that it's okay and I can I can continue on." And uh, and then, obviously, Harry gets behind him and shoots him again the same way that Ray shot the priest multiple times in the back, and the bullets go straight through him. And as Ray did, Harry shoots Jimmy, but blows his head up. Now, Jimmy's head trauma is brilliant. That's a that's a horror element, right there. It
1: reminded me of the head explosion in the original Maniac, because it really is a fucking like. You see that head in pieces. You see it. Yeah. Gone. Yeah, it, it, it Yeah.
0: it's just, like flaps of neck skin that's just left. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, you, it's, you, not, what it's
1: not horrible, it's
0: yeah. not grim. It's bad. Um, you would think that Harry should have had enough sense to notice that those weren't wee boy legs, those were midget legs, and he'd be like, oh, that's not an actual wee boy. It's
1: dwarf,
0: Scott. Oh, yeah, oh. sorry, dwarf legs. Eh... Uh,
1: but then this goes against your point two seconds ago where when fucking Voldemort is about to then kill himself because he thinks he's killed a wee boy, Colin Farrell is the one telling him, trying to stop him to say no, he's not a wee boy so Colin Farrell might have looked at Jimmy and seen, oh wee boy that was it, Colin Farrell still knew that that was, Jimmy still knew that that wasn't that there was more wee boys out there that there was ghost wee boys, that there was alive wee boys Confound knew What was going?
0: on. By that point, because he has been shot again, so and he's been kind of snapped out in a delirium because he's now even closer to death. That he's
1: oh, I forgot, I forgot that's how it works. That you get it could. be yep. Shot. You've you been shot. Shot again. No, but I think if you get shot once in a delirium, I ain't getting shot again when you knock out of it. I think it put you. Have far... you ever?
0: Have you ever been in a drunken delirium where you can just like snap out of it and you're like. Well, what the fuck am I doing? It happened that time that I get kidnapped in that boy's flat. So,
1: <laughs> but then if somebody came out and gave you another drink, would you you would snap back at it? No, I g- got got got, I got up and
0: I get the fuck out of there. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but the morals are still fixed with the characters because Ray's actually a good person. He tries to tell Harry that it's not a wee boy, rather than just let him kill himself and obviously Harry doesn't hear that, and he just says, oh, but you've got to stick to your principles. You kill a kid, you kill yourself, and he shoots himself in the head. Ray could have just kept quiet. I oh, know, obviously Harry still kills himself, but...
1: I don't think that's about Ray being a good person, though, because everything else, none of these people are good people.
0: But they're good in their own heads. You justify your your morality differently than other people justify their morality.
1: But I, don't think, I don't think any of the guys in this film judge themselves as good.
0: Yeah, but well, did. did you're not watching the fucking movie at the were start. the yes, movie? When they had to sit down on the on the bench in the first kind of quarter when they're talking about uh the guy's brother, the fifty year old lollipop man, that was all about how Ken feels like he's a good person, although he knows the job that he does. He still just justifies everything to himself.
1: I, I bet they're not good people.
0: Yeah, but that's see, that's because you judge them differently than they judge themselves.
1: I hate
0: that we're even talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> right, so this this movie gets bookended again with a voiceover again at the end, and Ray has truly found redemption. He's willing to try and make some amends for what he's done. You know, the hands of the boy's family says, "If I make it through this, I'm going to go back to that house, and I'm going to uh, there'll be a Christmas tree in London with no toys under it." He says, I'm going to go to that house, and I'm going to tell the mum what I've done and accept whatever judgment she puts on me. So ultimately, ultimately, he is he's decided that he. Wants to live. He's made that judgment. He also is a like happy with whatever actual judgment. The only person who he feels is suitable because God doesn't exist. So, the only person he feels suitable to make a, an actual judgment is the boy's mother. And if that's jail or death,
1: then you know,
0: so be it. That's what that's what it'll do.
1: So, this whole purgatory thing has been him waiting to be judged by someone who can't judge him, and then deciding that somebody else is going to judge him later. That's not purgatory. I, it's
0: not, it's not actual purgatory because the purgatory doesn't actually exist. Is
1: your fucking brain you get
0: the fact. So the, <laughs> it ends, it ends like because at the end he's picked up with the ambulance and Chloe's like over the top of him like greeting, and it's like still on a fairy tale. You got all these masked people still at the side, and you've got this Colin Farrell voiceover at the end. The fact that at the end he's like, um, I really, really hoped I wouldn't die. I really, really hoped I wouldn't die, because he wants to live, and I think that he does.
1: Yeah, I think he does as well.
0: Yeah,
1: right, and that's how it would be purgatory because you'll go to purgatory <laughs> when you are dead. <laughs> so that there, Aye, it's not—it's no, like your it's not—it's not, not
0: real; it's not actual purgatory. It's like as close as real life judgment can be.
1: So why is it a horror movie?
0: Right. Okay. Here, I'm got my final summation. Right. I know that I'm hard pushed to call this a horror. Right. And it made people shout at me when I put it in my list originally during that teapots episode. And to be honest, I had the half-baked idea about making a case for it even before I had any evidence. However, (laughs) right, there are a lot of horror elements. A lot of gothic elements. It's heavily dark, the violence is brutal, the visuals are stunning, the minor key soundtrack is haunting, and the overall theme of judgment is, you know... They don't add up to a horror movie per se, but they do allow it a place on Scotland Liam versus Evil, and that's why I picked it.
1: No, just because you use horror adjectives doesn't mean what you're saying. Do you, you do not you think,
0: think that? Do you not think it's got a place in Scotland Liam versus Evil?
1: It's got a place with Scott and Liam because it's a fucking brilliant movie, and everybody should watch it. But to if we just talk about a movie that we enjoy yeah of course, it's our podcast, we can talk about whatever the fuck we want Your point of bringing it on was to prove that it was a horror comedy and it was your number one uh, So in, ca- in case there is anyone that doesn't actually know the backstory we featured on the <laughs> anniversary show with Duncan for the podcast Under the Stairs and we had to each bring a list of a top ten list just to basically just to get drunk and have an excuse to chat shit i picked old movies duncan picked movies that are universally generally thought to be hated but that he enjoys and scott picked horror comedies so as we're listening to the list we're expecting Shaun of the dead we're expecting what we do in the shadows we're expecting young frankenstein all this scott starts hitting out with fucking nonsense that are not horror comedies in bruges was number was it number one am i right
0: i think it was because i think stand by me was on there as well, but I think I put that at the top because it's number ten because I don't think I could have argued that that case even though it was a Stephen King story.
1: And yet I think you could argue. I don't agree. I don't think *Stand By Me* is a horror at all. But I think there's more of a case for that after an hour and ten minutes that you could maybe have convinced one person than *In Bruges*. *In Bruges* being the best horror comedy of all time. When you think about the horror comedies that are out there, is absolute drivel. Right, what but you, what you, what you did was slap Tucker and Deal versus Evil. What we do in the shadows, fucking, I don't. Dracula, Dead and Loving It. And slapped all of them in the face by putting In Bruges is the number one horror comedy. Tucker and Deal versus Evil is never going to make a top ten all time movie list. In Bruges could, for its the, the genre, the only list Tucker and Deal versus Evil is going to make kind of high up in is a horror comedy list. You fucking slapped all them all in the face by putting in a movie that is not a horror comedy. Yeah,
0: but they were all on the list.
1: Some of them weren't. I can't remember what ones you didn't put in, but there was a few glaring errors.
0: Right, see that again. That's that, that's that's personal opinion.
1: It's personal opinion. If you are picking other horror comedies and going, I prefer this horror comedy to this horror comedy, what you did was, I prefer Schindler's List to Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. (laughs) It's their tone. I prefer In Bruges to What We Do in the Shadows. That's fair enough. But if I'm looking for a horror comedy, I'm sitting down with What We Do in the Shadows. If I'm looking for a black comedy crime drama, I'm sitting down with In Bruges.
0: I would would argue to say that What We Do in the Shadows is a It's a black comedy with vampires in it. It's not a horror movie.
1: But it it has so many nods to old horror movies. It's done by horror fans. It has horror characters in it. And they're good when it cuts to Peter in the Basement who looks like Nosferatu. That is scary. There's scary bits in it. It's funny with horror elements. It's a horror comedy. In Bruges is a crime black comedy Thriller drama that people die in.
0: Okay. Will I finish my summation
1: after that? No. You're done. Oh, no. Wait, no, let me let is me finish no, let,
0: me, let, me, <laughs> let me finish it. Um So after I have to say that I, I thought I had a place in Scotland versus Evo. The movie the movie's a full-on masterpiece. The direction, the script, the acting, everything is so original. I like everything that Martin McDonough has done. I I haven't actually seen three billboards yet, but I know I'm going to like it. I have oh watched this. Oh my
1: god, I am going to mod- I am literally going to model you. Right. You, th- you put that in there just to, I think my nose is bleeding. <laughs> Stop putting things on lists that you haven't seen. Don't say you like all these movies. If you haven't watched all these fucking movies, say you've liked the movies that you've seen.
0: I've I've, I've, I've got it taped on my box, I've just, no, I've just I'm about to it watch does, it. Not it
2: does not matter, does not matter.
0: <laughs> I've watched, I've watched, I've watched *In Bruges* more times than I can count, and I know I'll watch it more times before I'm through. And I gave it a uh, ten beers out of ten.
1: And that, that's the thing—you could be so wound up that I, I'm looking for the the flaws and the issues with it *In Bruges*, which there are very few. *In Bruges* is a fantastic film. So is everything else Martin McDonald's done, like Three Billboards*, because I've seen it. I can say that, <laughs> like *The Guard*. Because I've seen it, I can say that, like Seven Psychopaths, but it's not a horror comedy. And the whole point of this episode is to, to you, for you to prove to us that it was a horror comedy. And I don't think you did that.
0: I, I'll agree that I don't think that I did, unless someone listening agrees with me. However, I'm just saying it's got like a d- dark horror elements that I like to fit in in a wider universe of you know, what we enjoy as horror fans. Now, I know you obviously can like comedies as well and you can
1: everything else, and I know that, I know that, I know that. Just calm down, calm down, calm down. I'm just saying <laughs> no, that... <laughs> no, because you wound me up and the fucking movie in the list that you hadn't seen. You knew that would get me. I heard you sniggering in the background. You knew it would annoy me. They, it, obviously, as horror fans, they know they can enjoy everything. You can be putting Calamity Jane on and still enjoy it. Obviously, the darker it is, the more likely it's going to appear on different horror pages where not necessarily horror but this is a great film but to just completely juggle with genres and just say "Oh, that's a horror comedy when in no shape or form is it that's incorrect, that's wrong and what he did was wrong Scott (laughs) it was wrong, it was disgusting (laughs) it ruined the Teapot's anniversary show (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's now you know, no, no, it, I, it Actually, to... I would say it made those shows
0: because the amount of uh, chat back um, people, people gave us
1: you say chat back I say abuse
0: <laughs> yeah, they, gave me, they gave me abuse
1: aye but the thing is Scott Lee versus Evil when Scott gets abuse Lee and Evil have to take it as well yeah it's not a horror. Comic. It's a brilliant movie. I'm, to us, I'm glad we talked about it. And I'm glad yeah. we had to watch it again. But it's just the uh, you can't just call things horror comedy because there's horror elements. Because if you really break every film down, ninety percent of movies are going to have horror elements. Bambi, Bambi's mum gets killed. That is horrific. But Bambi's not a horror movie.
0: I. Right, I mean, what I'm what, ultimately what I'm saying is, I wouldn't say, "Oh, it's Halloween. Let's let's uh, put on a horror movie." I'm going to be in Rouge. No, I wouldn't. I'd probably it's more of a Christmas movie than a horror movie, but it is, it does have. Uh, what is that? <laughs> what, what
1: was that? Are you are you now? <laughs> uh, is episode eighty three going to be Scott proving that in is a Christmas movie?
0: Why did we why why did I pick it this time of year? Because it, it is a Christmas movie.
1: Oh my god! Have you sat on this? for the past week you don't think to it's a Christmas it, movie it happens at, at Christmas point, it doesn't matter if it happens at Christmas it's not a Christmas movie
0: they say Christmas like three times in the whole movie uh, 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 they say Christmas they see Christmas more in, uh, in, in Bruges than they do in Die Hard
1: so you would sit with your family around the table and go do you know what guys is what a Christmas movie here's a Christmas movie it's one of my favourite horror comedies here's in Bruges and make everybody sit and watch it, well, it's not right Christmas movie, it might snow, it might snow and it might be
0: Christmas, it's not a Christmas movie. Yeah, well neither die
1: hard then. That's neither here nor there, I couldn't care less if die hard's a Christmas movie. Right, good, because
0: uh, that, that, that argument annoys me.
1: The, the director even came out and said it's not a Christmas movie, but I've never, I've never been too fussed whether as or not, I don't watch it at Christmas so it's not a Christmas movie for me, I don't see, uh, I see that there's snow. And I see that things happen at Christmas and there's a kind of uplifting ending like some Christmas movies. In this, where is the uplifting ending if this was a Christmas movie? He doesn't, which, kill,
0: he doesn't kill himself.
1: He doesn't kill himself, but you don't know if he's dead or alive. But he wants to live. Just because he wants to live?
0: Yeah,
1: that's enough. It, it, it's, not, it's not enough to then be an enjoyable Christmas movie where you kind of sit around after it and go, well... Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope he lived. His want to live has got to then be carried on to you seeing him living. You see him. It's a wonderful life. You see him going down to the fucking depths of despair and you see him coming back up with the help of everyone. That's an uplifting Christmas. He boy. did. That's exactly his element. he did. How? Well, he,
0: was, blown, he was... He was on. depths of despair. He was going to kill himself and then he found a, a hot... Uh, Belgian girl and wanted to stay alive for her.
1: He he shot a child. He drugged By accident, a dwarf. He banged a French lassie. Dwarf, dwarf took he him then, the
0: his own life on his own uh, on his own television.
1: He then gets shot and then a dwarf also gets his head blown up. he it wasn't know it his If I was dead or alive, that's not a Christmas movie.
0: But it happens at Christmas. ta alright so are you just trolling is this what you are you just trolling is this what you're doing (laughs) troll level man troll level 1 million
1: yeah I honestly think you're the most fucking professional troll alive because you're even managing to troll me who talks to you every day and you're saying things and I'm like, there's no way you've actually come up with this thought. There's no way you're thinking that. You're adding a movie to a list that you've not watched. That can't be me. It, it, it must only be because it gets me like this and it gets other people wound up. Don't get me wrong, you're the best troll I've ever seen. If you are trolling. But now I don't know if you're trolling or if it's just, this is the nonsense that goes on in your head.
0: Um. But Maybe... Maybe a bit, of, a bit of both. Maybe more. <laughs> more so of my actual head. Oh. So what, what rate did you get?
1: In Bruce, I would give a... Yeah, I'd give a 9 out of 10 all the time. I think it's like a great, brilliant film. Yes. As its own film. As a comedy, black comedy, kind of suspense drama. Crime. <laughs> As anything on than a horror, then it's a nine. As a horror comedy, it would probably get a one because I'd be like, where the fuck was the horror elements in that?
0: Oh, the horror elements,
1: she asked? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, I love you, but also you make my skin crawl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't handle this. <laughs> anyway, what else you up to us is getting us fucking over me.
0: <laughs> Um, I have been working a shit ton and I've been... Played Red Dead Redemption. Um, try to uh, survive my hangover from the weekend there.
1: I can imagine you were very hungover because I I left. Wait, me and Scott and our friends have a Christmas jumper day out every year. You to seen the picture. I, let, I was melted, but I left a good few hours before you did, and I was not feeling good the next day, so I have no idea how horrible you felt.
0: I um, I got uh, the chicken burger in the restaurant that we started the night in, and it was a huge, big, massive bit of chicken, and it was so, so fucking delicious that I had to finish the night with another bucket of chicken for KFC. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that Dude, was... You, you, know? you eat more fried chicken than
1: anyone I know.
0: <laughs> I love fried chicken. Oh, it's so good, man. So, have you <laughs> been watching? You, 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 ate, you ate nothing?
1: I ate nothing. I drank... Uh, four or five Long Island iced teas and I started off saying there's nothing in this and in the fourth one I was like there's nothing in this and I was just <laughs> clever I was the drunkest man alive
0: did you have one of those uh, tequila shots with the chilli cactus yeah. juice chaser
1: yeah what was that about I have no idea that was disgusting I thought it was pickle juice
0: no but pickle juice is good when you, if you get uh, bourbon and with pickle juice that's delicious that I don't know what that chaser was but the barman seemed to think it was a good idea
1: we should probably just stop drinking things people hand us. Yeah. Because I think I've thought for a wee while, like I keep up <laughs> and someone goes, did you drink that? And I'm like, yeah, what was it? <laughs> it's like, that's probably what you should ask before you drank it. <laughs> uh, what have I been watching? Just more samurai films. Uh, and I also watched the festival. Have you seen that? The
0: Oh yeah, the Earth? in-betweener style thing. Yeah. Is it have any good? Have you seen it? no.
1: it's- it's, the, it's basically the in between us at a festival. There's yeah. a lot of kind of daft humour in it that I now think I'm past just yeah. because it's all happened. But there was also some bits in it where I actually thought, huh, fuck, that reminds me being in a festival. <laughs> and it made me laugh. And I do actually want to go back and watch it again, so it's good enough in that respect. <laughs> I'd probably give it a six. Like, I think you need to you need to watch it if you're at that type of thing.
0: Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably watch it. Once it comes on Sky, I'll probably watch it, because I'm sure there'll be some parts in it that I will laugh at. I'll probably feel it the same as you. There was, there'll be some funny bits. There'll be some bits I'll think, nah, I'm a bit past that. But uh, then, overall, it'll probably be enjoyable.
1: Yeah, there's some daft bits that you, you can tell are about to happen. You can see it all coming. You can see the setup, up and you're just like, ah. You could have went a different way there and made it funnier. Mm-hmm. But then there is bits where you're like, oh, my God, that's Scott. <laughs> oh fuck, that was the first year that downloaded.
0: But did, some, did somebody uh, strip naked and do a slip slide?
1: <laughs> no they didn't but that would make the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then get fair I down his eyes and start greeting. <laughs> yeah, I didn't greet. <laughs> I didn't see you, you've just re- revealed that <laughs> you did. <laughs> uh, but no, I've just been watching that and getting ready for Christmas. Have you, are you all set?
0: Uh, pretty much, I think we've got everything purchased and wrapped up, I think. I'm not sure, I need to ask ask my wife. Are you also?
1: I am. No, I I started buying presents like two days ago. Oh, um, good. But I I keep buying things like, oh fuck, that's a cool thing. I wonder how I'll give this to So then, like, talking three days before Christmas, I sit in a room full of gifts going, so-and-so would like that, (laughs) so-and-so would like that. So, uh, be prepared, by the way, somebody's getting a Donald Trump action figure. (laughs) And there's a short list of like five folk that I think would like it, so one of you will get it, but I don't know who. <laughs> uh, but other than that, no, I am, well, uh, yeah, including that, I am not prepared at all.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, so this will probably be the last time anyone hears from us until just after Christmas. Yeah. Uh, just because there's no danger we'll get recording before that. Uh, and also, I need a week to cool down. <laughs> <laughs> a week to calm down and Reevaluate my friendship and see if I actually still want to come on and do this podcast with Scott. And
0: what is the next episode? or best of two thousand eighteen. So I need to pick all the movies that I've actually seen. So I need to find ten. <laughs> 10 mo- I need to find ten movies. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: need to. You need to have actually watched ten movies. Yeah. So get your finger out. <laughs> uh, so if, if no
0: if wait, Christmas does it, comes, does it do need to be ten movies that were released in two thousand eighteen or that I've seen in two thousand eighteen?
1: No, why, why don't we do our best of 2018 and just do it top 10 movies that you've watched in your life? Okay. And then next year, why don't we do best of 2019 and do the same top 10 movies that you liked in 2018?
0: Well, wait, you're being funny, aren't
1: you? I am being funny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dick. <laughs>
0: what constitutes being released, like at the IMDB release date? Is that what we go by? Because, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, that came out in 2018, but it, then you look online, it's like, came out in 2017, you're like, well, that's a bit daft, isn't it? It's.
1: See if it's a universal... If the general release was in 2018, so see, like, we had Devil's Candy and we would have been in our top ten when we seen it at Fright Fest, yeah. but it didn't get a really wide release until the year after. Uh-huh. So for us seen it at Fright Fest, I think it can be in our top ten, but for people... Oh, it probably shouldn't. It should be movies that were accessible to the majority of people in 2018. So they came out in 2018, or it came on, it might have been made in 2017, but it came on Netflix, and that was its first release in 2018. Then you can put that in your list. Right, okay. Basically, any movie you've seen that's new that didn't come out at your last year's list. Okay, okay. Okay?
0: Right, what if what but if You I've,
1: have to have seen it.
0: We have to say, to what, have what if I've now seen some of the things on, on last year's list? <laughs> put them on this year's list?
1: I swear, see if your <laughs> list starts with killing a sacred deer because you've now finally watched it I'm, d- I'm done
0: No, I just, that, i have watched it but it did not make the top 10 after
1: all yeah I know, it wasn't even <laughs> in your list oh, so you have to let's just get that out there now you have to have watched it you have to have enjoyed it and it has to have came out in 2018 or uh, it was the wide release in 2018
0: okay, that's fair
1: it has to... Because it's going to be top 10 horror, Scott. It has to be horror. Okay. You can't just pick episode fucking 2032 of Coronation Street because somebody died in it. And, and
0: who des- it des- des- who decides who makes that judgement if it's horror? Can I make the judgement? Or does it need to be like Rotten no, Tomatoes? Do
1: you know what? Of- I, no, I'm now making the judgement. <laughs> <laughs> you see, do you know what? Go on. Go on IMDB, Rotten Tomatoes and Wikipedia. If none of those three say horror then it probably can't be included.
0: I see you've put more properly in there. Probably. So
1: Only and only because, you, and you brought it up earlier, which is a good point, a ghost story conceivably could be seen as not a horror movie, but it was near the top of my list last year because I loved it, and it really unsettled me. So to me, that was a horror. But, so, that that was one point you made that I, I just kind of let it slide just so <laughs> I wasn't agreeing with you. <laughs> So, let's just pick movies that we think are horror, okay? Okay. Run it past us first, there. Right. <laughs> if you don't want to run it past me, run it past uh, Duncan and Baz in The Message. Just say, listen guys, I was about to talk about this with Liam. Is it horror? If they say, don't fucking do it, then don't do it. If they laugh and say, oh yeah, definitely go and ask Liam about that, then I know you're just trying to wake me up. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks everyone for listening this year we've had a few weeks off and months off at times uh, hopefully next year we'll be a bit more consistent we are better at organising because both of these are awful at organising diaries but our lessons have been phenomenal, we've blown 2017 and 2016 like clean out the water, I think we actually blew them out the water back in May and that's thanks to you guys so we really really appreciate it we appreciate everyone in the group everyone that's talking back and forth everyone that likes things on Instagram that tweets and retweets and talks to Scott on Twitter we really appreciate it and we hope you guys have a fucking fantastic Christmas whether you're watching Die Hard whether you're watching In Bruges or whether you're watching an actual Christmas film we hope you you have a brilliant holiday time
0: yep Merry Christmas Happy Holidays Feliz Navidad what was that one? Merry Christmas in Spanish.
1: Ah, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Of course, that's how we would end a Christmas (laughs) episode. Yeah. Uh, So, we'll see you guys, hopefully, between Christmas and New Year, with our best of 2018, possibly the very last episode of Scott vs. Evil, if Scott (laughs) dares come with a fucking movie that he's not watched. But we'll hit that road when we come to it. (laughs) So... Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and speak to you guys soon. See
2: ya, pals. Finally, close the door you left open wide. Locked it from the inside. Lay me down, can. Watch out, it's on you. There's worse ways to see it, baby. Set a fire and watch it burning. Come here, sit next to me. I'll tell you about a dream. I'm looking out. Yeah.